When your ideal customer's kids are begging every night to read your book, you've won. At Dinosaur House, we turn industry leaders into kids' book authors. We don't do it because it's a super fun thing to do, although it is. We do it because it's highly strategic. Imagine if every night your customers are being asked by their kids to read a book that your company made. Talk about brand affinity. You're helping your customers connect deeply with the most important thing in their lives, their kids, over something that they are passionate about that has to do with your industry. If you want to have a conversation with us about how your brand could become the author of a kid's book, just hit us up, dinosaurhouse.com. Hit the little button that says schedule a story design call. And we'll have a jam session together on just what your company's kids book could and should be. Hey, everybody. This is Rags Gupta. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur, operator, and the author of 1 to 10. And you're listening to The Purpose Driven Entrepreneur. What's up, Purpose Driven Entrepreneurs? It's me, your host, Timmy Bauer, and my guest today is Rags Gupta. Rags, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Great to be here, Timmy. So, Rags, in our last conversation, uh, like right, right before we hit record, sorry, uh, uh, I asked you a question. I asked you, what is a particularly challenging problem that you've had to solve in business that solving that problem was a game changer for your business? And you talked about this idea of like Swiss Army knife uh, technology versus what do you call it? Shinsu blade? Santuku knife. Yeah. Oh, Santuku yeah. knife. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, could you just explain a little bit what it was you were saying? Yeah. So, you know, oftentimes in business, the, the, the challenge for the entrepreneur is deciding uh, in which market to go after with their technology or product. Uh, oftentimes you'll have a product that applies or technology that has applications in a number of different industries. And each one of them will look good on their own, right? Each one of them will look big. Um, and it may very well be what's called a horizontal technology, right? It's something that, that literally does apply to a bunch of different places. It could be a sensor, uh, it could be a piece of software and so on. Um, the challenge is, is, you know, what are you building for and what are, you know, you're often called your beachhead markets or applications. And one of the hardest challenges is really figuring that out, right? You're going to have different insights and different opinions from customers, from your employees, your co-founders, your investors. But at the end of the day, you got to make a call. You got to make a call and, um, and, and, and avoid the trap of building a Swiss army knife that is, um, going to do a so-so job at a bunch of different industries um, and, and applications. Uh, what you really want to do is make a call and sequence and really go, you know, nail your, your beachhead market, your beachhead application. And once you've done that, once you have customers that are referenceable, that are using it, that are getting value out of it, you can then move on to your next market. Yeah. You said that this is a problem that you had in one business, and it's also a challenge that you've had at Butler. Could you describe how you've wrestled with this at Butler? Yeah, so at, at Butler, we've got a, a, a next-gen kind of breakthrough people-sensing platform. We have a sensor, looks like this, and um, is, is out of MIT. It, it's, it's private. It understands how humans you know, move and 
where they are, but it's just using body heat. So there's no privacy issue. Um, it's, it's, it's affordable, very easy to install and thus has a bunch of different applications across, you know, whether it's higher education, retail, hospitality, and, uh, and so on. Uh, but as, as you'll see from our website, we're really focusing in on a couple and in particular one set of applications in corporate office, really helping people understand how their offices are being used uh, in terms of which rooms are being used, how many people are in them, how many people are in the building, so that they can make better decisions on how to reposition space and their what's called their footprint. Uh, okay. There are other applications that people are exploring with us as well, uh, which, which we're supporting, but we're really focusing a lot of our energy and, 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 and calories into this particular set of use cases. Yeah. Why has the problem of um, like how broad or narrow to focus been so hard? Because what happens is entrepreneurs have big visions, right? You want to change the world. You, you have a technology insight or market insight that you think can go do that. And, um, and so it's very tempting to, it's very, you know, you want to go do that. You've got a broad vision, right? That's kind of your job, right? At the same time, um, you also have oftentimes people coming to you or people telling you as investors, hey, what about this market? Hey, let me make this introduction. Um, you have customers that are, uh, you know, big names that are also willing to pay you uh, to do projects and to, do, to have your product in this market. So it's really, really tempting. And uh, certainly I've fallen for that myself in my career, right? Yeah. And, and I'm yet, currently falling for it. I, we're, doing, we're doing way too much. Yeah. And so... <laughs> You know, and, and, and yeah, it's, it's very typical. And, and look, at the early stages, you're going to be experimenting. It's very natural. You're going to be working with a bunch of different use cases and, and, and customers and, and seeing where the real value is, that your value proposition. But at some point, you know, I always say you got to close some doors to be able to really figure out the one to open and just go straight through and really, you know, just, just dive deep into. Yeah. Could you talk me through how you as a team figured out which doors you're not going to have leave open, which one, which one yeah. you focus on? Yeah. There's a few different, you know, kind of parts to that. There's, there's like the, um, both the sort of internal and the external, right? The external is, and, and they go together, right? So the external is the market, um, the competitive landscape, what their pain points are. Um, and just more broadly, is the market growing or not? Is it, you know, do they have money to spend on this problem? What kind of value can you drive for it and so on? And then the internal is really um, both very kind of, you know, um, rational and emotional, right? The rational part is how good is your technology or your proposition relative to the problem that needs to be solved, right? Like, can it really be solved in a great way? Uh, how much value can you, you know, how strong is your value proposition there, right? Is it cost? Is it time to value? Is it data? Is it something else? But you, know, you typically need to have be, as they say, 10x better, you know, faster, cheaper, better, right, than what's existing today, right? Then there's an emotional component, which I think you shouldn't, you shouldn't discount, which is, is this a market and a problem you really are psyched to go solve, right, mm -hmm. as a team and, and, and as yourself as a founder? Because if you're not, even though the rational side is saying, yeah, go for it, you know, life is too short for you to be working on problems that you're not super psyched to go solve. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I, I love that. And I'm wrestling with those questions myself because uh, like, so we've had, we're on up to 30 customers now. We're a kids book production company. So we take, uh, we turn industry leaders into kids book authors. And um, I, you just in creative conversations like that, you get so many people that have just outside of what you normally do kind of things that they want to do. And yeah. it's really hard to figure out how much outside of what we normally do, do we want to take on because hmm. we'll take something on that we think is just going to be a small amount of extra time. And it just taxes our whole team <laughs> and it, we it, regret it so much. <laughs> it's so natural. And, and it, it is, and it, it is like, it can, it can be a death by a thousand cuts that way if you're not careful. And look, it is so much easier said than done because these are important customers. They want you to do other things and everything else. But, you know, and, and this, is in my, this is in my book as well, but one of the unlocks for me early in my career uh, as a salesperson was actually the art of and the discipline of saying no, yeah. of, you know, qualifying out and basically saying, hey, guys, we might not be a fit or this might, might not be the right timing or whatever different ways, right? Yeah. Because, and I was always scared of doing that before. I was scared of hearing no. I, I always wanted to get to a yes. So I was always, I was always do everything I could to not hear a no. Yeah, yeah. But actually the flip of it is if you explain where you're coming from and why, you know, and why this might not be a fit, then you really know from, from the customer, um, do they value you or not? Or is yeah. this really not a good time, right? Yeah. The, 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 you know, just in the last week on at Butler, there was a, you know, a, a customer and I kind of said, look, it sounds like this is not the right timing for you. you. You know, it's, 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 that's okay. Let's like, you know, let's get our stuff back and let's like reconvene. And immediately they responded with like a longest email I've gotten from them. Right. About how they've been liking it and this and that, and we've got a call set up now. Right. Nice. Nice. So, but that's like, that comes from essentially qualifying out those emails and, but then you really know, then you really know where you stand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rags switching gears. So you wrote a book called one to 10, finding your way from startup to scale up. And I found that nobody writes a book if they're not thinking about what it is they're really trying to do on this earth. Um, I started this podcast to ask purpose-driven entrepreneurs, what it like, what it is they're really living their life for or how they want to be remembered when they die when you think about those questions, what jumps out to you as most important? Yeah, what a deep, profound question, Timmy. That uh, that I, I love it. I love it. Um, part of part of the way, part of what I how would I, I would answer that is there's a lot I don't know. So there's a lot I'm still trying to figure out of why I I am here. Yeah. Um, I would say certainly professionally, um, I love partnering with entrepreneurs and helping them achieve their vision. And that can mean as an investor, as an advisor, as a board member, as a full-time employee. Uh, I just love it. I just love entrepreneurs. I love entrepreneurship. Um, I love the the struggle, the roller coaster, the, you know, the just it's just fun. It's just great. And um, and and you know, helping people change the world. And 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 for my little part, I'd love to leave some footsteps in the sand and, um, and be remembered for the relationships that I, you know, that I, I, I have and, and, you know, that I, uh, you know, I enjoy and create. It's all about relationships at the end of the day for me. 
Yeah. Why is that so important to you that it's what you pretty much have invested your life into? I think that the, 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 you know, my take is like, we're, we're here, we're a little blip um, in, in time and in space and, and just, you know, these little kind of bunches of atoms and molecules and um, but relationships really create meaning for me of, of, you know, kind of, you know, being here and, um, and they take many guises and, you know, some of them are, are permanent, some of them are temporary, but that's to me really what helps create meaning in life. And, um, and because, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, the day-to-day -day is oftentimes meaningless, right? And, and, and yeah. but at the end of the day, when you're looking back at your life, um, I think a lot of times you are going to remember your relationships and of course, you know, what you've achieved or what you feel like, you know, has created meaning for you. Yeah. I was and, on a plane. I, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Just one other thing is, is I, for, for me, learning is just a lifelong passion. I just love learning. I love whether it's new people, new places, new um, industries. Uh, I just get a kick out of it and I love connecting dots. And that's just, you know, for me, a personal I, that's just how I'm wired. And so I just, that's just something I'm always looking to do. Yeah. Um, I was on a plane recently. Uh, like this happened about a week and a half ago. Uh, I'm on the plane. We're traveling to, from Sanford, Florida to Arkansas. And yeah. the pilot gets on and goes, um, this is your captain. Uh, we've had, uh, there is a hydraulics problem with this plane. We're going to, and there, we're going to turn around and go back to Sanford. And then that was it. That's all we got. That's all we got. Okay. Um, wow. And, um, and of course, like I have no Wi-Fi, I have, I have nothing, you know, um, my wife sitting next to me starts panic, like having a sh real panic attack. Yeah. Uh, at, the plane is silent. Um, and uh, I look around and sure enough, like people's faces are just like ghostly. And I'm wow. like, the hydraulic system of a plane is what brings down the landing gear. So in yeah. my head, I'm like, yeah. if we have a hydraulics problem and there's like, and the landing gear doesn't come down, essentially he's saying like, we're going to go turn around where we think we can do an emergency landing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so I start, I, I really started to think like, okay, I, I might be about to die right now. Um, and uh, I was, I started writing uh, just like the last things that I would say to anybody. And I mm -hmm. scheduled it as a scheduled email to go out so that like when my phone gets signal again, it would, it would tell Gmail to schedule that email. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that yeah. as my phone is melting and my body is burned, uh, that email would go. Out. <laughs> anyway, the whole reason I brought it up is because the thing that I thought about, I was like, I was like, okay, I'm 32. Um, this is it. Like I genuinely put myself in that mindset. Yeah. Of like, this is it. Yeah. All I have to leave behind is like the stuff that I've built. And I was like, I haven't really built very much. At least that was my feeling. Um, and it was incredibly motivating. And I can't remember what it was that you said. It might've been the education thing. Like, you know, try to fill my head with learning, but hmm. what am I, what am I actually building with that? Yeah. Um, but I, I lost track of the thing that you said that made me think of that story. So I'm so sorry for even telling that story. No, it's a, I mean, those moments do force you, right. To really look at where you are, what you're doing, you know, and, yeah. and are you, are you happy with, you know, yeah. with what it is? And, you know, 
a lot of people it's it's yeah there's achievements but to me it's not just about that at all it's not about yeah. you know what's the bank account at all um i actually think a lot of times those are false you know senses of you know the vanity metrics or false senses of of you know of value of, of worth um it's you know for me it's it's yeah it's learning it's relationships it's um you know it's feeling like i'm part of something something bigger and um and 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 you know, so it's it's a it's a it's a great question. It really, you know, I, lo yeah. I love the question. I love the the um, you know retrospection it gives uh, for me, and and I'm sure for others. Yeah, Braggs, I've got two for fun questions I want to ask you before I let you go. So the first one is, I'm a kids book author, and I believe yeah. that part of leaving a legacy is reaching kids. What's a kids book you would make if you could? Great. What's question. a topic or idea you would make into a kids book? You know, I think it would be something about finding one's way okay. in, in the world. And, you know, I've really loved exploring different cultures and different peoples. And, and, and I, I, that's something I would, I would, you know, that would be fun to, fun to do and, and, and write is, is something around that. Nice. Um, nice. As a, you know, as, as, you know, even a way to, to, you know, to, for my own children to, you know, so they know um, how, what riches there are to be found in, um, in just finding one's way. And it's okay to, you know, be, you know, to get lost and to have ups and downs and, um, and, you know, just enjoying the journey. Right. And it's not just a destination, right. It's a very trite yeah. saying, but it's really true. How old are your kids? Um, six and a half and uh, just about three. Nice, nice. What do you think the impact of that of the of a kid's book like that would be for them? You know, I don't know. It could be it could be helping them see the world in a different way, or at least yeah. you know, in a, in a you know, kind of um, in a different way to what you know what their parents are telling them. Yeah, yeah. Um, my last for fun question for you, Rags, is uh, what is something that you currently suck at that a year from now you want to be great at? I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say great, but one of the things I've picked up, I, I, I've always loved music and yeah. I've never had the coordination or whatever, or maybe it was just the, the, the habit to really stick with it. So, um, so yeah, during yeah. the lockdown last year, I started, you know, um, bought a ukulele and I've just started, you know, hacking away at that. And my son's now taking lessons. And so I'd love to be able to play a song with them in a year. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, this has been a really fun conversation, Rags. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show. Where are you most active on social and where would you want listeners to connect with you? Yeah, uh, I'm on I'm on LinkedIn. So look me up, Ragscooped on LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter as well. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on. Thanks to me.